The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. You may be wondering why I have a piece of wood in my hand. I'm not going to be swinging at anyone, I don't think. I don't anticipate, so if you're in the front row, watch ahead. Let me ask you a question. How connected are you today? You ever struggle with with fitting in? You ever struggle with just wanting to belong? How connected are you? If you were to to do an inventory of your year so far, about three weeks in, in 2020, are you more connected to community than you were in 2019? Do you have authentic relationships or truer friendships in 2020 than you did in 2019, how connected are you? I remember growing up for me, that's all I really wanted was just to fit in and and want, I just wanted to belong, you know? And it was really easy, especially growing up in Manila, Philippines, where 90% of the people I surrounded myself with had the same skin color as me, looked like me, talked like me, kind of was like me. And I just blended in And I felt like I belonged with the rest of the crowd. And all of that changed the moment my parents decided to move my siblings and I to the other side of the globe, to America. And I realized I'm not in Kansas anymore. Matter of fact, I was in New York City. And I realized to myself, I don't belong here. Because I've now become that kid that can't even fit into a classroom because they've got to take me to another classroom with the rest of the kids that can't speak the language. And so I remembered I fought really hard to fit in, and so I tried to learn as quick as possible how to speak English. And just when I thought I had started to fit in, just when I moved into a brand-new neighborhood, I remember I saw a group of kids playing out in the playground in this new neighborhood, and I thought to myself, This is it. This is my moment. You got to shoot your shot, Jay. You got to make some lasting friends right now. And I remember going up that playground with all sorts of hope. And what I envisioned was making friends with the kids up there. And what I did not anticipate, however, was trying to hold back my tears as all these kids started chasing me out the playground while yelling racial slurs at me. I'm so grateful to God I didn't know what those words meant then. And I do now. I was just so confused because how can someone so young possess so much hate? I didn't even do anything to them. And I realized then and there that maybe, just maybe, we have to be divided because we're just so different. And I hate to admit it, but I remember for the longest part of my childhood, I carried that offense with me. And I held on to that hurt. I held on to the anger. I held on to the words. And I said to myself, I don't want anything to do with anyone that looks like them. I don't want anything to do with anyone that talks like them, that resembles them, that even reminds me of them. It's, it's, it's almost like I, I made offense with my offense. Ask yourself the question. How much do I really need you? How much do I really need people? I mean, you flip the channel and all you see is, hey, we're really divided. You got 
politics up at a fever pitch. You got hateful riots that's tearing apart city blocks and our streets are being wrecked. And then you got dysfunction hitting homes and you got spouses splitting up and parents having to choose which, which one is better. Is mom better than dad or dad better than mom? Which one is it? We're, we're so divided. I'm going to ask Pastor Spencer to help me to, to kind of illustrate the point here. Because as, as, as a people, we divide ourselves so often. Well, okay, well, maybe it's not a racial thing. What about politics? Well, you're blue and I'm red. You're left and I'm right. So clearly, your political stance seems more of an attack to me, and so we can't coexist. So let me just build a fence out of that offense. Maybe it's not politics. Let's go home here. Well, well, Spence, your house is better than my house. Your grass is green to my grass, and so I'm going to carry that offense with me, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a fence. Let's go to work. Well, you got that promotion, and it seems like I work harder than you. And so how come you got a raise and I didn't get a raise? How come you got noticed and I didn't get noticed? So I'm going to go ahead and carry that offense. And I'm going to go ahead and make my, make my fence. And then here's what we do. We just carry around this hurt. We carry around that rejection, and we carry around this fence, and we end up living guarded and then all of a sudden we stand back here and we're saying how come I feel so isolated how come I'm so disconnected how come I feel like I don't fit in how come I feel like I don't belong and we we live with fragile relationships oh we got friends all up and down our news feeds but none of them are deep and we live out of place and we live not committed, but deep down inside, we truly crave the sense of belonging. Deep down inside, we truly want relationship. We truly want community, but division causes us to live fenced in. It causes us to live with barriers. And when we don't belong, those barriers get built between us and others, and we get separated into weaker, smaller groups that are pitted up against one another. You see, if you could relate to that, the people of Ephesus could absolutely relate to the state that we so often face every single day of our lives. You see, Paul wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus, and he was writing to a church that was dealing with an identity crisis, a fitting in problem, so to speak. You see, because Ephesus was part of the Roman Empire. They didn't put a high premium on the life of young people and children. They just didn't fit in. They didn't belong. 40% of the children didn't even make it past their fifth birthday. And for parents, they'd rather not even name their kids until they were at least a week old. Can you imagine that as a parent? You give birth to this beautiful baby that you're so disconnected to because you don't even know if they'll make it past the end of the week. And if they were born, especially to a poor family, little girls that would be born in a poor family, they drag them off into the wilderness, let them sit on top of garbage piles, let them be treated like trash. Little boys, especially with disabilities, 
Not only did family members not think that they would be fit to be in their family, some of them would actually go to think that they wouldn't even be fit to live, and they would try to drown these little boys or drag them into the wilderness, having to fend for themselves. And people, horrific people, would scoop them up. They'd sell these little girls off as sex slaves, prostitutes, into human trafficking. And these little boys, they get trained and treated like animals, fighting to the death in gladiator games. So here's Paul. He's writing to people that were outcasts, that lived on another side of the barrier, lived fenced in. And he was saying, your, your fitting in problem, your belonging has nothing to do with something that you can achieve, but everything to do with something that you can receive. And in chapter two of Ephesians, this is what Paul writes. And he talks about the barrier. He talks about the fence of offense, so to speak. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. And in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now, I love that, but now you've been unified with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Without getting into the, the nitty-gritty detail, Paul was writing to a church in a city full of outsiders. They were outcasts. They were living on the other side of the barrier, on the other side of the offense. You see, in Jerusalem today, the Wailing Wall is a pretty sacred place. It's where the Jews gather now to, to pray and to remember because it's the only remaining uh, remnants of the second temple of Jerusalem, which was torn down in about 70 AD by the Romans. You see, the temple was a place where people sacrificed and, and people worshiped. And inside of the temple was the Holy of Holies. And it possessed the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the very presence of God. And all throughout the city and all throughout the temple, were walls. One place in particular in the city was called the Court of the Gentiles. And it was on the other side of the wall of the temple. And that's where the Gentiles fit. That's where Paul is saying, I know you know what it's like to be outsiders because you were on the outside trying to look at the crevices, look at the cracks of the fences to see what real relationship with people look like, where it seems like everyone got along and everyone seemed to belong. I know you were, you're, you're used to the fact that you're trying to hop over to the barrier to see what, what real connection and community with God would actually look like for your own life, but it seems so unattainable. You live without hope. But Paul says, but now, that barrier that used to be built up for you has now been brought down, and there is a bridge. There is a new season for you. All things are brand new. There's a new love. There's a new lens that you look at. There's a new relationship and a connection with God. And, and maybe you're here this weekend and you're saying, 2020, it's just going to be another repeat of 2019. Divided, we fall. How often have you fallen so far in 2020? Maybe you fell stumbling, bumbling into 2020. And you're thinking, man, I'm just going to feel defeated again. I'm going to feel isolated. I'm going to feel alone again. Can I, can I just tell you, I believe that the promise that Paul gave to the church of Ephesus is the same promise that we can stand on today. 
And it's simply this, that we must be reconciled. We have to be reconciled. Now, doesn't that just make you want to go, oh, doesn't that make you just want to grab the hand of someone you hated and start singing, we are the world. And then like someone puts a lighter in the air, but you can't really do that here because we're in church and you don't want to burn the pews down or anything. And so you put up the, 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 the little, the, the iPhone light and you're singing kumbaya to the person that you oppose, to the person that hurt you. Oh, I forgive you. Let's live reconciled. That sounds so counterintuitive, doesn't it? It sounds so impossible for us to attain, especially with our current fences, especially with our current offenses. But Jay, you don't understand the offenses I'm, I'm holding on to. You don't understand the hurt. The truth and the, and the matter is, the reason why it's so impossible, not just for some of us, but for all of us, is because of something that's inside of us. Every single one of us, we, we carry this nature. And it's not that some of us are on the inside and the other of us are on the outside looking in at what, at what other people are going through. No, every single one of us, we are on the outside. And on the outside, we're divided because we're different. On the outside, we're driven to disunity. On the outside, we're driven to separate because of a nature that biblical authors call sin. You see, sin is any action, any thought, any intention that goes contrary to God. It's a self-sabotaging force that, that separates us from God. It's a barrier that gets built between us and God, and every single one of us are on the other side of the barrier, on the other side of that fence of offense, living in hostility towards God through sin. And what fills our life will begin to spill out of our life. And because we're carrying around offenses towards God, we feel the, the need to carry around offenses towards others. And so I'll, I'll bury that fence post to my neighbors. I'll bury that fence post here with my wife. I'll bury that fence post here to all of my coworkers. And we start putting fences all around us. That's why we're so isolated. So how do we truly become reconciled? I want to give us two complimentary thoughts this weekend that I believe is going to help our life, not just our year. And so the first is this. We are reconciled to God through Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, this is what it reads. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with his commandments and regulations, and he made peace, come on, between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Jesus saw the trajectory. God saw the trajectory and saying, this is the only path we've got is to carry around our hurts, to carry around our rejection, to carry around our offenses. But Jesus paved a new path. It's called peace. And he saw the fence posts of our offenses and he uprooted it all. And maybe today you don't feel that separation. And maybe today you don't, you don't feel that offense. Isn't it ironic that the individuals who does the offending are not the ones that feel offended? 
It's like that between us and God. We are the one through our sin. We offended God, and God is the offended party. Our nature separated us from God and put us on a trajectory of forever death and ruin. God loved us so much that he wanted to break down that barrier by bringing down his son Jesus. And so Jesus literally came to this place to take on our sin payment our sin judgment, to take on our separation. And so when Jesus came down, he came down to die in order to defeat death once and for all. And so he took our sin. That barrier was put down. He, he took our hate. That, that hate was put down so that hope would be found. He, he, took, our, he took our rejection. That rejection was, was put down so that we could experience acceptance he, he took down our, our division and brought our unity in. He took down that barrier and he brought it down so that what once was a barrier between us and God now is able to become a bridge so that we have true connection with a living and loving God. And that through faith in Jesus Christ, the barrier of sin was broken and now we have peace with him forgiveness. But that wasn't it. Jesus Christ rose from the grave, defeating sin, death, and hell so that those that would believe in Jesus would not just be forgiven, would not just have this this access to God by themselves. No, we're able to live reconciled with God and be at peace with other individuals. You don't get to just cross the bridge all alone. You get to bring other people with you. How does this work? God's spirit which is invisible and eternal and makes us home into our spirit. The spirit that would otherwise carry that offenses and put a fence post down, oh, they looked at me dirty. Oh, it got uprooted. That, that offense of, oh, what well, they hurt me and they said these words to me, it got uprooted. All those things, it moves out. And the spirit that is now at peace with God causes us to live at peace and with forgiveness for others. Which leads me to my last point, and it's simply this. We're reconciled with others through Christ. Ephesians chapter two, this is what Paul states. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups, together as one body. Someone say one. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. God didn't bring a specific message to each of them. No, it was the same message. Oh, I'm not saying peace only for the Gentiles. He's saying I brought peace and this message of good news to Gentiles and to Jews alike. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. So Stop living like you're fenced in. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You're not an outcast anymore. You're not the child that I found in the trash heap. You're not the one that almost died by being drowned. No, 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 no. You're part of my family now. You're God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. 
And we're carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Paul was writing to two different individual groups. So I know, I know you used to be two, but I'm going to address you guys as one today. I know today that you came in here having two different kind of beliefs about the other. Well, I'm more superior than you, and I feel like God loves me more because I've known him more. Well, I feel like I'm smarter because of my intellect. And they carry themselves with different ideas about the other. And Paul, Paul was saying, no, 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 that's got to change. All things are new. This is a new kind of relationship. This is a new kind of life, a new kind of living. You know, ideas have consequences. Follow me. If we all believe that we just evolved and that we're just a result of some cosmic accident and God didn't make you, he didn't make me, and he didn't create us for a specific purpose to be in community with one another, then human life is no more important than animal life. And if we follow the thread of this thought, we would have to follow the thought of natural selection where only the strong survive and only the better will evolve. But this is the kind of idea that breeds hurt, that breeds hate, that breeds racism, that breeds division, that breeds demise to communities. And this is the kind of thought that causes people to start thinking that because of my evolution, because of the way I evolved, I'm more superior intellectually than you, therefore I'm more than you or because of my physical stature and the way I evolved I am much more superior than you and because I evolved this way my belief is greater than your belief and my non-belief is greater than your non-belief which makes me right and you're wrong it is the kind of thinking that could drive a nation to once think that there are individuals who we should consider as three-fifths of a person it's what takes place when we look at people through the eyes and the lens of our preferences and we miss seeing them for who they are, people. And barriers get built because preferences, they turn into prejudices. And we even tend to start thinking that maybe, maybe if I feel this way, God has to feel this way. And so God's going to promote my preferences. God promotes my prejudices. That's exactly what the Jews thought of the Gentiles. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. Get that thing out of your head. It's not like that anymore. It can't be like that. We're one group. We're one family now. Well, if they, they can't look like us and talk like us, they can't be with us. And so they don't belong here. It's like, no, because of what Christ Jesus has done for us, you are now one. Get over it. And they're together. And this is what Paul was saying. God has room. I got more room for this family than you think. My arms are bigger than you thought. And I'm bringing people in that were outcasts. I'm bringing people in on the other side of the fence because there's no more barriers through what my son did. There's a bridge now, and you can bring others along with you. And through oneness... I'm going to express my power through peace with people that used to be in opposition to one another. And so for those that will begin to follow Jesus, we look at every single person. You're not an accident. You were made by God, bearing the image of a loving Savior. You're created for a purpose. 
You have meaning in your life. You're not an accident. You are absolutely wanted. You're accepted. You belong here. Welcome home. That's our message. No longer do we have to look at each other and say, you're my barrier. No, 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 no. Not if I say I, I love Jesus. Not if I follow Jesus. You're not my barrier. You're my brother now. I'm fighting for you. You're not my strife. You're not my stress anymore. You're my sister. You're not the reason I put this fence up. You are now family to me. That's the message that we have now. Because Christ made us one. Christ brought peace to us as people. Made us one community with Christ as the king. Did, did you know that you can tell the kind of community that you live in with the kind of king that you're listening to? Let me ask you this morning, what king have you been listening to? Have you been listening to the king that says, don't forgive them, they've hurt you too much? Or are you listening to the king that says, put down that offense? Forgive them because I've forgiven you. Are you listening to the right king in your community? Are you listening to the king that says, you know what? Go ahead and fight against your neighbor. Go ahead and, 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 and be jealous about what they got and what you don't have. Go ahead and build that offense in your coworkers' life. Go ahead and build that separation and that barrier between you and your spouse and the rest of your family. Or are you listening to the king that says, I fight for you, so you go ahead and fight for them. I brought peace to you, so you go ahead and bring, be a bringer of peace to them, break down that barrier because I'm about to build you a bridge. It is only through God and by God where community can happen because it is only through our common unity and faith where we can experience newness of life. God is love and he shares his love with us, not for us to hoard it, but for us to freely hand it out. And for us as believers, here's the message for us is to belong and to become part of the church. I'm not talking about an organization called Lifehouse. I'm not even talking about a building that we call Wilson Campus or religion. No, I'm talking about being part of the people that make up this community here. It's an everyday life thing. This message is near and dear to my heart because you know, when we say circles are greater than rows, we believe that life change happens in godly community. And for Margaret and I, 10 years ago when we moved here, it was probably one of the most defeating moves because I did not have my support system. We didn't know anybody, we didn't have friends, we didn't have family. And for Filipinos, I'm just throwing it out there, there are at least two things that are important in our life, rice and family. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, all right? I had plenty of rice, y'all, which I always do, but it's really not fun eating rice by yourself. But the moment we got connected to community, the moment we got connected through Life Group, I'm telling you, y'all, it opened the doors wide. I mean, there are people in my Life Group now that have become dear brothers. Yeah, our, 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 our faces may not look familiar, but our faith is the same. So they're family now. You, Wilson, you've become a community here for our family. And if you're here today and you are not plugged into community, you're not connected to a group and you're thinking, oh man, it's just gonna be the same. I'm telling you right now, I think you're gonna miss out on what God has for you this year and for your life. I'm gonna put a shameless plug out there. There's gonna be a life group leaders that's gonna be all throughout our lobby. They're gonna be ready to have a conversation with you. And if you're not plugged into a life group, we wanna help you. 
Because literally it's the difference between Lifehouse becoming a house or becoming a home. It's the difference between where family is found or where family is not found. It's, it's where community is created. And so if you're not connected to our group, go have a conversation. I assure you, here, here's the reality. I don't want you to miss out on God's best for you. I believe one conversation, maybe one connection can transform not just your year, but your actual life. So have a conversation. This morning, I wanna have a, a brief conversation with someone. Some of you here today, you're, you're carrying around your offenses, your fence posts, your barriers, and you're just ready to build it. I pray that God has spoken to your heart and he's tugging at your heart. You need to put those things down. The only way that you're gonna experience reconciliation with God and with others is through Jesus. And if today you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, would you make that decision this morning? To say, I'm putting the, the fence down. I'm turning away from that barrier and I'm crossing over that bridge in faith in Jesus. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you cleanse me of my heart? Would you reconcile me in right relationship with God? Allow me to have a brand new life, brand new connection. Maybe you're here today and you've already made a decision to follow Jesus. And maybe God's showing you, hey, there's some, some barriers that you built up. There's some offenses that you've put up against people. And maybe today, those, those things need to come down. Because isn't it like God that the same materials that I can use to build a barrier, God can use to build a bridge? How does God wanna turn your barriers into bridges this morning? I'm gonna invite our hospitality team to come and distribute communion with us. We're gonna end service a little bit different this morning. I felt it was fitting for us as a community to do communion together. Now you don't have to be part of our, our church, Lifehouse Church, to be a part of communion with us, but we do ask that you're part of the bigger body of believers that believe that it's only through Jesus that we have salvation and we have forgiveness and reconciliation with God. And the Bible tells us that every time we do communion, we take this, we remember what he did. We remember the price that Jesus paid for us, the broken body and the shed blood on the cross that broke down the barrier and gave us a bridge to cross over, to have connection with God. Now today, scripture tells us that before we take communion, that we have to first examine our hearts. Are there anything in our lives right now? Maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's unconfessed sin, maybe it's things that's been holding us back, barriers that we built up that perhaps God is saying, those things gotta come down because I wanna move in your life and I wanna move through your life. In just a moment, I'm going to invite Pastor Spencer to come, and he's going to lead us in a time of taking communion together. But would, at this time, take this moment to just allow the Spirit of God to speak to you, reflect, and pray. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.